Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Very warm welcome. Good afternoon. It is Thursday afternoon. Very quickly moving towards Rosh Hashanah, as I'm sure you are well aware. And it's an introspective time of the year. So I figured this is fresh thinking. You're supposed to think a little bit out of the box. And it is a time of the year that we're supposed to be thinking, thinking about ourselves. Who are we? What do we represent? What have we achieved? Where are our weak points? It's a very, very introspective time of the year. So I'm going to share with you a question that I uh, saw somebody ask earlier today. And I, I did share it with some other people, and I'll, I'll let you know some of the things that they thought as well. I'm going to ask you the same question. So somebody asked this question, what kind of a Jew are you? By the way, do you hear that? Do you hear the uh, inflection? How if you say it in a slightly different way, it's got a slightly or significantly different meaning. You notice that? <laughs> but uh, this is more kind of how would you define yourself kind of a question, seeing as we are going into Rosh Hashanah, seeing as everybody tells us this is the time that Hashem is going to judge us on what happened during the past year and on our behavior, etc. So in that case, ask yourself the question, well, who am I supposed to be? You can, you can answer this in, in a word. You can answer this in a paragraph. You could, you could answer this in a life story. My question is, if you were confronted with that question, and I find it to be an interesting question, I think it makes also a big difference who's asking the question, but let's keep it fairly generic for now. So I'm asking you the question and love to hear your input on this one. The first thing that comes to mind, make it a knee-jerk reaction. But if somebody had to ask you, what kind of a Jew are you? What would you answer? And it could happen. It could happen on the side of the road. Somebody comes over to you and says, listen, I've heard there's all kinds of Jews. What kind of a Jew are you? Or it could be something that you think about when you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, what kind of a Jew are you? Or it could be something that is a conversation around the table. You know, how do we define ourselves? What are we all about? So I would love to hear insights, input, perspectives on this particular question because I think it opens up all kinds of doors to all kinds of other conversations. What is Judaism all about? How should we improve ourselves and so on and so forth? It is an introspective time of the year heading up to Rosh Hashanah. So this is a good question to stimulate some introspection. I'd love to hear your thoughts on 34519 if you're going to send an SMS. WhatsApp lines are back in business, so you can WhatsApp 0618951019. And as always, you can tweet at Chai FM. You can tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so uh, it is a question which probably should should get to stimulate some kind of thinking, some kind of, uh, even if you are not necessarily going to share what it is that you think, I'm pretty sure that this is the kind of question that starts a person thinking. So what kind of a Jew are you? It's something that we probably can confront on multiple levels and layers. But let's start off with the most simple. And I, I would expect, by the way, that many people would probably start off with, uh, I, I don't know if the correct word is simple, but with the classic definitions, classic definitions about who I am, what makes me Jewish, and so on and so forth. So perhaps you've got a thought on that. What exactly is it that makes you Jewish? Uh, funnily enough, really what I had not expected, to be honest, is this. Here's somebody 
on Twitter, Abe K says, so my question is, what kind of a Jew are you? And he says, a Lubavitcher Jew, which is factually correct. And I think sometimes that's, that's what's funny is that sometimes we have a factually accurate definition for something, but it's not necessarily a useful definition. So that's very nice. You kind of, I guess you're indicating which group you belong to, which particular religious segment within the Jewish community, which is fantastic, very powerful. But at the same time, I'm not sure that that necessarily tells us what kind of a Jew you are. That tells us what kind of group you belong to. Can we make that distinction? Can we make that distinction up front? Because I expected that people would say things like Ashkenazi or Sephardi or Orthodox, that kind of thing. But I don't know if that tells us necessarily what kind of a Jew you are. That tells us what kind of an affiliation you have. I affiliate to this particular group. I, I, I affiliate to this particular community. Although I guess Ashkenazi and Sephardi is a little bit more than affiliation. It has a lot to do with your background, with the culture, with your heritage. So maybe that's a little bit unfair. But I kind of expected that that's what we were going to get up front. Didn't expect that somebody was going to say, I'm a Lubavitcher Jew, because I think that that's, that's a bit partisan. That's a little bit about the group that you associate with and belong to. I'm asking a different question over here. What kind of a Jew are you not? What kind of affiliation do you have? What kind of Jew? Are, are, are you a curious Jew? Are you a, an observant Jew? I don't know. There's so many different ad- adjectives that a person could put at the beginning of that particular phrase or that particular word. I'll tell you what is interesting is knowing our crowd and knowing that people who listen to this show do like to think a little bit out of the box. So I anticipate that we're not just only going to get one word answers. Uh, In fact, here we go on Twitter. This is Flora on Twitter says one of those who wants to live with Torah and mitzvot. Okay, that's nice. That's encouraging. So to me, that is kind of that that answers the question. If a person says, what kind of a Jew are you? Then that's a fair way to answer it. Not saying I belong to this group or that particular group. I have this particular cultural heritage or genetic background, but to say I'm a Jew who is interested in Torah and mitzvahs. Good. I also like the fact that uh, that she's saying it that way rather than saying I am an observant Jew or a religious Jew because those have overtones, all kind of things that associate with what it means. If a person proclaims themselves to be religious, what does it actually mean? How do you know? How do you know these things? I guess that's the second tier of this question. Question number one is, what kind of a Jew are you? Question number two, how do you know? How do you know that your self-assessment is correct? Again, it's an introspective time of the year. We're going towards Rosh Hashanah. It's a time that we're supposed to think about these kinds of questions. Who am I? What do I represent? What's the nature of my relationship with my Judaism? Seeing as I'm going to stand in shul in less than a well, in less than two weeks' time, it's more more like a week and a half's time, I'm going to stand in shul, so to speak, in front of God, and I'm going to say, right, this is what happened this past year. And by the way, pro tip, don't wait for Rosh Hashanah to cram in all the introspection about the year that was. That's why we have this month of Elul that builds up to Rosh Hashanah. And even more specifically, within the month of Elul, we're told that the last 12 days, we're basically today 11 days to go. But in the last 12 days of Elul, we're told that what we're supposed to do is take one day per month of the previous year. So it's a very introspective time. Pro tip, don't wait until the high holidays come along to ask yourself these questions. So these are big questions for us, and they're important questions for us to address 
what kind of a Jew are you? And the truth of the matter is there's a certain element of that answer that does not belong in the public forum. We don't have to go hang our dirty laundry for all to see. In fact, there's an interesting debate. The Talmud says that it's, 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 it's almost disgusting when a person feels that they should share publicly their personal confessions. You know, you got stuff that you got to work on. That's fine. Good. Keep it quiet. Keep it between you and God. Does not necessarily have to be public knowledge. So, you know, there's a certain level of introspection, I guess, that I'm hoping will happen off air in the real world. But it is interesting just to see how people define themselves. So here's Rene on WhatsApp says, I am a caring Jew, a spiritual Jew, an observant Jew, an empathetic Jew, but not a perfect Jew. Now that that's nice. I like the the, the end of it. They're not a perfect Jew. Is there sometimes an expectation? Can we talk about that a little bit? Do you think that there's an expectation within the Jewish community that people need to be perfect in their Jewish experience, Jewish commitment, Jewish observance? And if not, there's something majorly wrong with you. It's interesting that you immediately immediately picked up on that particular on, on, on that particular point. I'm not a perfect Jew, and, and I wonder. What does that mean? Is there a distinction between saying I'm not a perfect Jew and saying I'm not a perfect person, not a perfect human? Is there, are you drawing a distinction over there or is it just because I phrased the question as what kind of a Jew are you that it was appropriate to say not a perfect Jew? Well, here's another message and I'm not quite sure if I should say the person's name because it does show up but it's not actually signed. So maybe we'll give a little bit of an anonymity. It says I'm a very judgmental Jew, much to my detriment. Uh, I think you're in good company. I think it's very honest to be able to actually say that. I'm a judgmental Jew, and I think there are many, unfortunately, there are many who are that way. Judgmental of a whole bunch of things might be one of the big problems that we actually face as a Jewish community is just how much judgment across the community we have. Think about it, eh? When, when we talk about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as being days of judgment, well, that's supposed to be the time where God is in judgment of the world and of each of us as individuals. Sadly, a lot of the time what happens is it's us in judgment of each other. Think about it. People walk into shul. Hmm, look at that one. They, how dare they show their face over here? If you knew the way that they treated so-and-so and how the chutzpah they have to come in, or the judgment of, you know, that person after, after the, the, the year that they've been through financially, this is, this is the kind of outfit that they're wearing the Antif. I mean, it's completely outside of what they can afford, etc. So yeah, judgmental, judgmental is a problem, I think, across the board. It's already a good start if a person is willing to acknowledge it. I do. I think it's a, it's a good thing. That's why this is powerful. And that's why this is interesting and introspective because if you can ask yourself those questions and you could say and, and give an honest answer, what kind of a Jew am I? Then you're moving in the correct direction for a meaningful Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Remember, if you don't know, if you don't have a, a, a good finger on the pulse in terms of who you are, then where do you want to go from there? <laughs> you know, you always have to have a starting point. And if the, if the starting point is honest, then the growth is effective. If the starting point is not so honest, and that happens to us a lot, sometimes we cloud our own vision. I heard a fascinating statistic. You know, very often we try and tell people, listen, if you don't change this, X and Y is going to happen to you. You know, if you don't improve your diet, you're going to get this kind of disease. And if you don't exercise more, you're going to get that kind of disease. So it's really fascinating that uh, if, when, when people hear that kind of thing, they kind of clam up. 
and they start thinking of all kinds of very intriguing rationalizations to come up with the reason why that's actually not going to apply to me. It doesn't affect me. So it's a similar kind of thing of, yeah, what kind of a Jew are you? Well, you know, let's, we always try and cloud a little bit, not necessarily consciously. It's just the way that we are. And we, we, we say, I'm, I'm better than I really think I am. So it's important to stop, to look, to analyze, to see. And I ask you the question again, what kind of a Jew are you? Three, four, five, one, nine, or by WhatsApp, oh, six, one, eight, nine, five, one, oh, one, nine. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So, so interesting what comes up when you start to ask questions like this. The question is, what kind of a Jew are you? And the intention really is not just to precipitate conversation on air, but really to get people thinking a little bit because it's a time of the year that we're supposed to think and we're supposed to ask ourselves ourselves questions about ourselves because <laughs> we're often good at asking questions about God. Why did God do this? We're good at asking questions about other people. How could they behave this way? We're good at asking questions about circumstances. Why does it always have to be like that? We're not always so good necessarily about asking questions about ourselves. And sometimes that's really, really important. So that's why I find this very, very interesting. Here's Russell. Russell says, a stiff-necked Jew. I wonder if that's unique. I mean, we we know that we have something of a reputation for being stubborn. And I don't know if that's unique necessarily. Maybe it's differing degrees. Maybe some people are more stiff-necked than others. But... Here's an interesting insight on that. And, and what's also em- emerging as quite an interesting perspective on this, because I just thought it would be a great way to have a conversation that causes us to be introspective. But you know what's emerging is these different definitions that come out are all in a sense valid. In other words, it might be that somebody's not, you're highlighting your experiences, how I feel about myself as a Jewish person. But simultaneously, you're, exp- you're revealing Something of every one of us. We all kind of live with this cross-sectional DNA. You know, that there's, there's something about you that's also my stuff. There's something about me that's also your stuff. So what's interesting is that there's certain definitions of Jews that are emerging. So stiff-necked, it's a definition that is written in the Torah. God says it to Moses. The people are stiff-necked. What's interesting is we actually refer to exactly that trait on Yom Kippur. So if we can just take a moment, I'd like to focus on this for just a moment because, yes, of course, there are other people I think who would resonate with Russell's comment and say, yes, I'm also stiff-necked actually now that you come to, now that you mention it, come to think about it, I'm stiff-necked Jew. I'm not sure that everybody would mean it in the same context. So one person might mean I'm a Jewish person who is stubborn, just that's my nature. It's got nothing to do with my Judaism. It's not in a religious context. It is just across the board that I'm stiff-necked and I'm stubborn, dig my heels in. One possibility. Another possibility, and again, I don't know which one Russell meant over here, but another possibility could be I'm stiff-necked with regards to my Judaism, and that in itself could be two completely different messages. So you can have the person who's stiff-necked in the classical biblical context, which is basically I don't do what I'm supposed to do even though I know I'm supposed to do it. I'm a kind of a rebel Jew, and I'm a bit dafka about it. You know what dafka Obviously means, right? Dafka is exactly that. I, you know, contrarian. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what's expected of me. So that's one possibility of what it is to be a stiff-necked Jew as opposed to a stiff-necked human. But the other side, the exact corollary of that, and I think they go hand in hand and they're two sides of the same personality trait, 
is I'm stiff-necked to say, and I'm not going to give up on my Judaism. Regardless, doesn't matter that I'm not so observant, doesn't matter I'm not so religious, doesn't matter that I'm not so learned. There are certain things I will not compromise under any circumstances. And we've all got them. So you got the Jew, somebody was mentioning in shul last night about this a uh, number of years ago. It was on Yom Kippur afternoon and it was towards evening. He was standing on security duty outside the shul and this this fellow arrived and it turns out he was Israeli, but initially it looked like he was who, from who knows where. And the guy had come because there's one thing he would never miss and that is the chauffeur blast at the conclusion of Yom Kippur. That's it. He does not walk into shul any other time of the year. It wasn't even clear necessarily if he was fasting or not. And this is not a judgment, it's just how the story unfolded. But there he is stiff necked. That thing I'm not willing to compromise. That I've got to hear. So for you, it might be that you won't compromise a Friday night. You have to have Shabbos with your family. And for the next person, they won't compromise. Their child has to have a bris. And for the next person, it has to, they, they, they won't compromise that they have to, uh, whatever it is, right? Stiff necked. Not a bad thing necessarily. So that's that's also an interesting one. Here's another WhatsApp says, I am a flawed Jew, but also a proud Jew and try to be a joyful Jew. You know, it's interesting. Now, the second WhatsApp that we've got where a person has said something about imperfection or being flawed, which is honest. It is honest. None of us is perfect. Let's let's face it. None of us is perfect. Certainly not within the context of our Judaism. Yes, we try our best or hopefully we try our best, but we're, we're not perfect. We're flawed. Judaism has very high expectations of us. And we do our best, we don't get 10 out of 10, but what we get is still good. And I think we need to give ourselves credit for what we achieve and be aware of and wary of where we fail and constantly look to improve ourselves. So that's that's great. Nothing wrong with a person saying I'm flawed. Nothing wrong with a person saying I'm not a perfect Jew, as long as that's not a cop-out. Because sometimes what people do is, People believe that if I own up to my weakness, then I don't have to address it. That's not a Jewish perspective at all. If you own up to your weakness, the only way you own up to your weakness is to work on it. So, yes, it's 100% fine for a person to say I'm not a perfect Jew, for a person to say I'm a flawed Jew. That's brilliant. That's fantastic because it's honest. Now the next question is, so new? (laughs) What are you going to do about it? That's very important, I think. Also, the reference here to say, I try to be a joyful Jew. I think we underestimate often how much joy is a virtue of being Jewish, how much it expresses what Judaism is all about. I think it's important to to highlight that. So I'm, I'm pleased it came up. To be a joyful Jew is a very, very important thing. We're told, Ivdu es Hashem besimcha, that we are required to serve God with joy. Not only that, because that implies that we have to be joyous at the times of service. But there may be other times where we don't have to be so joyous because we're not serving God or because difficulties have come our way or just simply because we're not in the mood. So it's interesting. That in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law, at the end of the first segment of the Code of Jewish Law, which is essentially the segment that talks about daily living as a Jewish person, it talks about the concept of toiv leiv mishtetomid, that a person should be of glad heart and always celebrating, as if celebrating life. So to be Jewish, a big component of being Jewish is to be joyous. So let's highlight that. It's not 
sweep that one under the carpet. I mean, we're coming up for Rosh Hashanah now. And again, the Talmud says a very interesting thing. Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. God is assessing our behavior over the past year and based on that, determining what's going to happen in the next year. There are big things at stake on Rosh Hashanah. This is literally life and death stuff. Nevertheless, the Talmud says the way that we celebrate, and I emphasize that word, celebrate Rosh Hashanah. Yes, it says Gilu Bira'ada. You celebrate Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with a certain tremor in that celebration because these are heavy days. Nevertheless, the Talmud says you go home, you have a Yom Tov meal. That means the kind of food that you don't normally eat during the week. And you dress in your finest. Why? Because we are joyous in our belief even at a time such as that, when everything is being judged, we are confident that it will be good. We're confident that God has our best interests at heart. We're confident that God will see us through to success. So even in the time of this overwhelming sense of trepidation, there's still joy. So to bring up joyful Jew, I think it's such a powerful point, something that we really need to think about on a consistent basis. In fact, in the Torah reading that we're going to read this Shabbos, the Torah makes a comment that bad things happen when we don't serve God with joy. So it's it's quite fundamental. And I think this is so interesting because needless to say, obviously, people are not only talking about, well, I don't think you're only talking about how you see yourself as a Jewish person, but also you're talking about automatically, you're talking about what a Jewish person should be. And that's what's interesting about this conversation. I think it sheds light for all kinds of people. So let's keep this conversation live. What kind of a Jew are you? And if you have other comments, like what kind of a Jew should you be? How does one judge? Anything like that. Love to hear it. And 34519, that's our SMS line. You can also WhatsApp 0618951019. And you can tweet at Chai FM. You can tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. So the Hirschlein School is promoting an Explore to Win competition until the 27th of September. So be a hunt for clues, pictures, and riddles over a seven-week period in different Jewish sponsors' stores. And it's in conjunction with the Pick and Pay Hype Market. So if you'd like more information, go to the Hirschlein's Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Hirschlein's Schools. There are many prizes up for grabs. The Hirsch Lions Explore to Win More competition for this week, the 24th to the 31st of August, is the Clue Picture Riddle can be obtained at the sponsor's store, Nisbaum's, Nisbaum's Butchery, 53 Ridge Road, Glen Hazel, and at Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. There are also more in-store competitions at Nisbaum's. That's Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. How do meal services, hospital lifts, Kids care, therapy, recuperative spa treatments and cappuccinos come together under one roof. Those are just a few of the ways that the DL Link support over 780 cancer warriors and you are the key. Help the DL Link open their door to, for a lifestyle support center by supporting and donating to their charity fundraiser that is now live. So that's today until midday tomorrow. Every donation that you make to the DL Link will be tripled. Make your difference. Go to dllink.co.za to volunteer or to donate. That's a beautiful cause. 
Definitely something that you should support. 29 minutes to the hour. If you've just joined in, it's Rabbi Shishler, fresh thinking time as we do on Thursday afternoons. Today I'm asking a question, I should say sharing a question that somebody asked. And I thought it was curious. And uh, it, uh, to be honest, initially it made me think of a whole host of different things. Like, is this even a question that should be asked? But anyhow, the question was... What kind of Jew are you? And I'm extending that question to all of you because I'd love to hear your thoughts. What kind of a Jew are you? Not only that. It's not only what kind of a Jew are you. This is also a conversation about, well, what does it mean to be Jewish? Because that's really what's emerging during the course of this conversation. People are not only saying things that apply to them personally, but they're actually touching on things which are, in a sense, representative of what the whole Jewish world is. It's interesting. Here's one, two... Three, let's see if we can find if there's any others. Four, um, four, five, six, six, seven. It's about eight or nine, haven't counted them all. People commenting proud Jew. And that's very encouraging to hear because I, I think it's fair to say that out of the total of replies that I've had, a lot of them are proud, and that's very encouraging because we're at a time where people sometimes feel a little bit shemzich, a little bit self-conscious about their Judaism, and that's why it is so important to to actually express pride. So that's encouraging. It's nice to hear that people are thinking along those lines. Would you consider yourself a proud Jew? And if you do, how do you express that pride? It's it's one thing to say I'm a proud Jew. Very often I hear people say that I'm a proud Jew. And then I wonder, okay, so and, and what does this mean? Does it mean that if a Jewish person wins the Eurovision contest, then we're excited about it? Or if a Jewish person is elected to public office, we're excited about it? Is that what it means to be a proud Jew? Are we proud of our community because we have amazing systems in place to take care of all segments of the community? Uh, here we're talking today about a DL Link fundraiser, so we're taking care of people with the, the families and, and the patients suffering with terminal or with life-threatening illnesses. What about the fact that we've got an amazing Hebra Kaddisha that takes care of underprivileged people, a Yad Aaron, a CSO, a Hatzala, etc. So the list goes on. Is that what makes us proud that we have such incredible communal infrastructure? Or does a proud Jew translate into the way that you walk down the street, the way that you engage with people, the way you own up to Jewish values when there's a question? Maybe in the workplace, maybe in a school context, people are trying to work out how to decide something and you could say, well, I'm quite proud of the fact that we have wisdom about this. So it's interesting. I think the minute that people say proud Jew, it's, it's a healthy thing. It would be far less healthy if a person says, I'm not proud to be Jewish. So it's healthy that people are saying that. I just wonder how it actually translates. What, what does it mean? Can we, can we address that for a moment? What does it mean? What does it look like to be a proud Jew? Can a person be a proud Jew without being involved in communal Jewish activity, going to shul, participating in talks, communal charity drives, that kind of thing? Is is that still a proud Jew? Can a person be a proud Jew if they won't show their Jewish identity when walking down the street? No, how, how do you define this? I think, it's, I think it's very interesting. I think it is very, very interesting once you start that conversation. Here is a, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. You know, some people choose Twitter handles for themselves that I, I don't think are real words. And not only are they not real words, I don't think they mean anything and they're just impossible to pronounce. But in any event, so this tweet says, what kind of a Jew are you? This person says, one with a memory. 
Now, not sure exactly what that means. Maybe you can clarify. What do you mean one with a memory? Does it mean a memory of Jewish history? Does it mean a memory of, I know often when people say memory in a Jewish context, they're referring to anti-Semitism, right? Never forget. Even the Torah says that. We read it this past Shabbos, how the Torah says, always remember what the nation of Amalek did when they ambushed the Jewish people as we left Egypt. Never forget. And that's become a refrain. It's become a very powerful part of modern Jewish thinking. Never forget. So is that what you mean when you say a Jew with memory? Or do you possibly mean a Jewish with memory? I remember what I'm supposed to do at the right times. I remember that I'm Jewish in every context because sometimes we forget, or at least it looks that way. It looks like sometimes people forget that they're Jewish in the way that they behave in certain contexts. That's where we squirm and we feel like really uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I hope nobody realizes they're Jewish because the way they're behaving is X and Y or are you saying memory means I remember our heritage and I remember what a rich background we come from and a long history and the incredible greatness that we brought to the world both in terms of thinking and morality and interpersonal relationships etc so I'm curious when a person says I am a Jew with memory I'm really interested to know what that means in, in real terms what, what does that actually mean here's somebody who says Ah, very funny. Very, very funny. Here's somebody who says, actually know who this is. This is uh, somebody who himself is a rabbi overseas, says a Jew that never asks other Jews what type of Jew they are. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. That's very good. And I think uh, if you consider the context, we're talking about somebody here who's commenting from Israel. I think, unfortunately, in Israel, there's a lot of that, a lot of the partisan stuff, you know, which, who are you, what group do you belong to, and, and so on and so forth. So to not ask a Jew what kind of a Jew you are, mm, that's definitely, definitely powerful. Um, and, and something to think about. Something to think about. I, I think that's what's curious about this question in the first place is when somebody, and that's why I said right at the beginning, that it is a strange question. Why would somebody ask what kind of a Jew you are you? Because that does sound like there might be a little bit of loading of judgment over there. So interesting when a person picks up on that and says, I'm the kind of Jew who wouldn't ask you what kind of Jew you are. Okay, good. Here's Liz. Liz says proud, which we've had before, and tribal. Now, I'm curious about that. Tribal, what does that mean? I know that we always look out for our own because Quite frankly, nobody else is going to do it. And it's important, needless to say, that we have structures that protect the community within the community. Got it, 100%. Tribal. What exactly does that mean? Does tribal mean that I am tribal in the tribe that I feel that I belong to within the Jewish world? Or is the the Jewish world is my tribe and everybody else is second fiddle? Got to be careful with that one, I think. Love to hear a little bit more of what Liz thinks about that. Here's a WhatsApp from Helene says, I think a Jew should always try to emulate Hashem's kindness, compassion for others, and a proud Jew because I proudly live up to what Hashem expects of his people. Which is amazing, you know, to be, to be proud of your, your own living up to what Hashem expects is quite a big thing. And I certainly hope that everybody would be able to say that, but might not be the case. And quite honestly, I think many of us question whether we're living up to what Hashem expects of us. So, this uh, as expected, it's landing up being very, very interesting. Here's Mark. Mark says, I am proud from and caring. So, I would love to know if Mark is saying that proud 
and from are synonyms. Or the fact that you put it into two separate words maybe means it's two different things. How do you know? How do you know if you're from? This is another big question. How do you know? It's easy to call. And this is not a dig at Mark. This is just a general question that, that opens up for me. Maybe you think you're from and everybody else around you does not think so. You know, Maybe your behavior belies that fromness. Interesting question. When a person says, I am a from, I was waiting for that. It's taken us more than uh, half of the show to get somebody say from. Curious what exactly that means. And I'm, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of these things. Proud Jew, what does it mean? From Jew, what does it mean? What kind of Jew do you think you are? 34519, I'd love to hear it. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So interesting. We, here we are talking about tribal, right? Somebody says I'm a tribal Jew. And so somebody replied to that, because I asked the question, what does it mean to be a tribal Jew? So somebody replies, militant. Whew, that scares me, to be honest. I mean, you can be very dedicated, absolutely committed, gung-ho, over the top, use any one of those expressions, but tribal militant, I don't know. Not, not, I'm not absolutely sure what I think about that, and if I necessarily concur with it. Here's Philip on Twitter who says, what do you mean what kind of, are there various kinds? They come in different shapes, sizes, and colors? Well, yes, they definitely come in different shapes, sizes, and colors. That's for sure. <laughs> you only have to look around the Jewish community and you know that. But I like your point. Are there different kinds of Jews? There are. There have to be. It's just that we divide them wrong. We think that there are different kinds of Jews in the perspective of that group and their philosophies or ideologies, my group and my philosophy and ideology, and we make that distinction. That's toxic. Don't do that. That's not healthy. But the Torah says there are different types of types of Jews. It says it clearly. It says there is a Yisachar and a Zavulun. There's the kind of Jew whose life is completely dedicated to Torah study, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. That's their piece of the puzzle. And then there's the Jew who is the Zavulun. They're supposed to be out there earning a living in the business world or in the trading world as it used to be in those days, and that's their particular place. So, Yes, there are kinds of Jews, and it's completely acceptable to say what kind of a Jew are you in that context, as long as it's not in, in, uh, intended as a uh, as some kind of a judgment, then what's wrong? I'll, I'll take it a step further. We're told that there are Marin, uh, the, the expression that is used in the Kabbalistic terms, there's the Mare Uriyon and Mare Avdin Tovin, that there are some people whose primary focus as Jews is in the study, and there are some whose primary focus is in the deed. So they're just as frumichy as each other. They may even belong to the exact same shul, follow the exact same style of davening, and belong to the exact same ideology. And nevertheless, the one focuses primarily on study, and the other one focuses primarily on deed. We also know that we're taught the branches of the menorah. Remember, in the temple, there used to be a seven-branch menorah. We're told, very famous prophecy, that the branches of the menorah represent the branches of the Jewish people, all from one solid piece of gold. That implies that the different kinds of Jews does not put one higher than the other or make one more in touch than the other. All part of the exact same solid piece of gold. Remember, the menorah was made from a solid piece of gold. There was no welding. There was no screwing things in. It was all one piece of gold just fashioned into seven different branches. But the implication over there is that there are seven different streams. And according to Jewish mysticism, those streams are along the lines of the seven 
Midos, the seven primary types of energy that God puts into the world, by the way, represented in the seven days of creation. So in other words, you have some Jews who are more inclined towards chesed, a more tolerant, open, encompassing view, like Hillel and his students, as an example. Or you have those people who are more on the Gevura channel, which is about exacting standards and focus and discipline, like the Shammai crowd. Shammai and Hillel were two contemporaries, and each of them put put built a whole different philosophy with a whole different school of people, but along those lines. And, and, and there's seven, there's seven different streams. Not only that, there are 12 tribes. And those 12 tribes are not just simply because Jacob happened to have 12 sons. They're 12 different kinds of Jew. And there were different elements. We're told that there were different gates to enter onto the Temple Mount because that implies there are different gateways to get to God. We're told that there were 12 original different styles of prayer service to suit the 12 tribes. So, yeah, there are different kinds of Jews, and that's okay. We don't all have to be the same to be equal. We don't all have to be the same to be um, to be accepted in God's eyes. So when, when Philip asks over here, are there different kinds, I think the answer is absolutely yes. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. What kind of a Jew am I? Not, not in a disparaging way, not in this self-doubting way. Oh my gosh, what kind of a Jew am I? You know, that's what I said. If you put this at the beginning, if you put the inflection in a different way, it has a different meaning. It could be a meaning of throw your hands up in exasperation. What kind of a Jew? As if I should never behave this way or the judgmental way. What kind of a Jew are you? It shouldn't be that way. It's, it's, this is an assessment. What kind of a Jew am I? I think a lot of the time we spend, it's not only about being Jewish, it's in life generally, we spend time thinking, oh, I should be a little bit more like that person. Look how much everybody loves them. Maybe if I was more like them, I'd be loved. Oh, oh look at that. The, what, that's what works for that person. Maybe it will work for me too. No, we have to ask ourselves the question, what kind of a Jew are you? What kind of a Jew? Are you the kind of Jew who resonates with kindness? Well, then the, it could be that the thrust of how you're going to express your Judaism is going to be through kindness. And if you're the kind of Jew who resonates primarily with academics, then it could be that your main thrust of how you're going to be Jewish is going to be through academics. And I'm talking specifically over here about learning Torah, not just stum being an academic. You don't have to be Jewish for that. Anybody can be an academic. I'm talking about how we express and experience our Judaism. The Talmud says that there were rabbis who would ask each other, your father, what was the thing that he most focused on? It's a play on words because the word Zahir means to be most cautious about, but it also comes from the word Zohar, which is shine. Which part of Judaism made your father shine? Where, where did he shine? And I think it's a valid question. What kind of a Jew are you? Not as in how would you define yourself for the purposes of a CV or for some kind of public display. But how would you define yourself in terms of knowing where you should be headed within your Judaism? Judaism is not homogenous. It's not expected that we're all going to go down the same path in the same way. Yes, it's ultimately one path. No, it's not all in the same way. We're not supposed to sit over there and sway in sync. Sometimes you think that there's something called synchronized davening. You know, where everybody sways back and forth in sync. It's not about everybody doing the identical thing. It's about a person saying, what kind of a Jew are you? How did God design you? He didn't just put us into some kind of cookie-cutter mold. He designed you with your specs, with your way of thinking, with your particular hang-ups and your particular strengths. 
So what kind of a Jew are you? What did he want out of you? How did he want you to express yourself with the tools that he gave you, with the perspective that he gave you, with the thinking that he gave you? When we talk at this time of the year about being introspective, coming up to Rosh Hashanah, why is it that everybody always thinks that introspection means I have to sift out everything that went wrong in the past year? Yes, that's part of it. Because if we're not honest with ourselves and we don't tackle the things that went wrong, then we carry those toxins in our system indefinitely. So we have to identify them. We have to say, this is what was wrong. This is where I failed. Absolutely, you have to do that. And then you have to address it. You have to say, so what are you going to do about it? Because it's absolutely useless to say, this is where I failed. And then, but I I don't really have a plan of what I'm going to do with it. What's the point of that? So yes, introspection does include looking at the weaknesses and the failures and the toxins and the resentments and the negativity and everything else that's clogging up my spiritual arteries. Very nice. But introspection also means looking inward and saying, so who am I? What kind of a Jew did God make me? That doesn't mean what kind of a Jew am I now in the current moment. I'm a kind Jew. Wonderful. That's a, that's excellent. I'm a proud Jew. Fantastic. But what kind of a Jew are you? How is your Judaism expressed? What's unique? How do you know if you're using the gifts that God gave you to be the kind of Jew that he wanted you to be? Beautiful story about the Hasidic master of Zushar of Anipali where he says, I'm not worried one day that I'm going to go up to the eternal judgment and they're going to say to me, why were you not like Abraham? He says, because I wasn't Abraham. And I'm not worried that they'll say to me, why were you not like Moses? Because I wasn't Moses. But I'm most afraid that they'll say to me, why were you not like Zusha, the kind of Jew that you could have been? And he says, and that I'm not going to have an answer to. That's real introspection. What kind of a Jew are you? What Not what kind of a Jew... Would you define yourself? What adjective? What kind of a Jew are you? And are you living a life in sync with that kind of Jew? Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. I love this when somebody says over here, what kind of a Jew are you? Jew-ish. That's like, you know, not altogether. Jew-ish. But uh, the truth of the matter is that sometimes when a person says that, they're actually being very honest, if you think about it. I'm Jewish, but not as Jewish as I could be. Richard says, I'm the same as every other Jew. We are all the same. There's no such thing as from you are either Jewish or you are not. You don't judge either. So I agree, absolutely. Jewish is Jewish is Jewish. It makes no difference which denomination you belong to. It does not matter how observant you are. Got that. But I don't think we're the same as every other Jew. I think that's a bit of a cop-out. We're not the same. God didn't. We're of the same value. Yes, we're not the same. We're not clones. The reason I think it's a cop-out is because at the end of the day, we were given certain strengths. We were given a certain personality. We were given a certain character, not by accident, not for it to fade away into some kind of a blur of a whole lot of people who belong to the same ideology and religious faith. We were given an individual personality to find the way to bring that particular personality to the max in the context of the whole Jewish structure. So, yes, in terms of God, we're all 100% valuable. That's why when the Jews were in the desert, they were all counted with a half shekel. didn't matter how big, small, wealthy, poor, intelligent, not so intelligent. made no difference. Half shekel. To tell us, everybody's worth the same in God's eyes. But never confuse Never confuse equal value with being the same. 
what kind of a Jew are you? I actually think it's a good question. When I started this conversation, I wasn't so sure it was a good question. I thought it might just be a bit of a disparaging or confrontational question. But actually, now that I think about it, I think it's actually a good question. It's not a good question to ask somebody else. It's a very good question to ask yourself. What kind of a Jew are you? What did Hashem set you up with? What's the skill set he gave you? What kind of tools do you carry? What kind of personality? What kind of way of thinking? Where do you resonate? And I think this is so important. And again, God forbid, don't think for one second that I'm saying if you resonate with a particular area of Judaism, you're off the hook for the other areas. It doesn't work that way. You're very holistic. Just because a person happens to be a big fan of uh, red meat doesn't mean they should never eat vegetables. You know what I mean? You've got to have everything. You've got to have balance in your life. But you also have to recognize your strengths. You know, the Talmud says you should always learn. It's a person should always learn in the area where his heart is excited. That's what it means. What kind of a Jew are you? What excites you? What part of the Jewish experience could you see as the catalyst for the rest of your Judaism being alive? And then embrace that and learn more about it and practice it more. And become that individual that everybody knows in the community. You're doing your best in all those areas. But in this particular area, you are a cut above. You're just flying. You are the person in the community to represent that particular part of what it is to be Jewish. And I think if we do that, then then we're really doing what we should. The Torah reading we read on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah every single year, including this one, always talks about how you all stand here before God, Hayom, today. And the commentary say today means the day of Rosh Hashanah. We all stand. We all stand equally. Nobody has greater value than the next person. And then straight away the Torah says, there are ten different kinds of people. Straight away. From the woodchopper to the water drawer to the heads of the community. Because the woodchopper is that kind of Jew. They, that's a person who's discovered that you could be Jewish to the extreme as a woodcutter. And the next person is the leader of a community. And that's the kind of Jew that they are all absolutely equal in God's eyes. And each one finding their particular mode of expression. That's a great introspection for us to take into Rosh Hashanah. Walked in here with a thought, walked out with a direction. I want to wish you a wonderful Shabbos and a great week ahead. And please God... The last days to Rosh Hashanah should be used as best they can so that we secure ourselves the most spectacular blessings for the coming year.